Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we have a special guest for the first time in months. Way too long. Way too long. Ryan Konigsberg uh, of DMVR, formerly of DMVR, well, I guess of BSN Buffs at the time. Throwback, baby. Now DMVR Broncos, DMVR Bets. What other, you you had like a 12 podcast week last week? 12 podcast week, the record. That is the record. Five Broncos, five Bets, one Golf one uh tdsp wow that is a big week and i'm already up to what day is today tuesday tuesday i am already up to five wow are you going for the record this week i wasn't planning on try- wait i'm already up to six because i i was on the nuggets <laughs> podcast yesterday wow that's uh that's impressive so is that like a i, I don't even know do you try to go after that record like now that you're well, here record- at six on tuesday I'll just, you know, I hate to uh, to spoil it for everyone. The record is, it's going to be broken because Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we've got three days left. I'm guaranteed to do two on. Oh, I guess so. The record is guaranteed to be tied. <laughs> okay, that's so pretty I just solid. Gotta, I got to weasel my way into one more show the rest of the week. I'll break my own record back to back weeks. Well, we're lucky that we have you here today as part of your record breaking attempt, since you are so busy. <laughs> uh, but. What I really want to talk about today is uh, the plan for spring football because I think it's now kind of sunk in that we aren't getting football in the fall. We've heard all the takes. We've heard how sad everybody is. Now it's time to start looking ahead, though. What do we have coming? And most importantly, what do you want out of a spring football season? First of all, nothing sounds uh, more boring to me than a podcast about the plan for spring football. But then I realized (laughs) we're not talking about like spring football as a – you know as it were we're just practicing Mm -hmm. it's like actual football in the spring exactly which i feel like is an important designation (laughs) it is you know when you're making the headline for this you might no one cares about spring football normally i know now everyone cares about spring football a lot because we have to yeah exactly. because that's what we're clinging to at this point so a lot of people have thrown their plans out there and we aren't going to dig too deep into those some people trying to fit like a full 12 game season into the spring which is tough to do some people saying let's just go eight games but expand the playoff give me 12 teams uh and this would kind of be assuming that everything goes as i expected to go with the sec and the acc and the big 12 realizing what's going on in the world and joining the pac 12 and the big 10 and not playing i'll just be honest if if that's part of the plan is for all these other conferences saying like eventually they'll cave I would not be confident about that when it really? comes to the SEC. I just the SEC has the perfect storm. 
They're the most powerful conference. Yep. They have the best teams. Yep. And they live in an environment where this virus isn't being taken nearly as seriously if being if it's being taken seriously at all. It's true. And so like the pushback would all be national and I just I don't know if they care. No, I don't think so either. Especially when you're getting that national pushback that's coming with national attention and the sec typically gets all the national attention anyway and you know the one team that is outside of the sec that gets the attention is clemson at this point they're in the acc which is still on track to play sure everybody's going to like give them the hate but also that's the only thing on tv like, i was just gonna say that every saturday it's all them if you still get the college football playoff it's going to be just filled with the SEC with Clemson, and I I think that those ratings are worth it anyway. In the same way that all the people who are like, if so and so kneels, I'm never watching another NFL game in my life. the The opposite would be true, right? They're like, if they play through COVID, <laughs> I'm never. Wa-. It's like, yes, you are. Yep, I both just, of yep. both of you are watching the game. It's true. Like you know, I, and I was gonna say like you know, you and me. We might not be the wokest people in the world, but we're a couple of young people who live in a city. (laughs) Yeah. And there's no chance that we would be saying, like, you shouldn't watch. Nope. Like, not only would we be watching, we'd be here at the bar watching, (laughs) betting on, like, we'd be taking it in in every way, shape, or form we could. We would be. And I would be, I mean, honestly, as we've gone through this process and I've kind of thought, like, what is the DNVR Buffs podcast going to look like over the course of the next month, two months, three months, all the way up until four months when potentially there could be competitions again? You know, there's a really real chance that we are going to spend a lot of time talking about what's going on in the SEC. And maybe we do something where we pick an SEC team and follow them because we need some sort of storyline to follow. And that doesn't have to be a big part of the podcast, but maybe it's 15 minutes a week, 20 minutes a week. The truth is, if they're going to be playing games, I will be watching and I will be watching intensely. You and everyone else. Yeah. It's just what would happen. It's just what would happen. So they know that. And here's the other thing that they know. And and this is a, a really important thing. The SEC and the ACC already have a lead on everyone else. You know, they're the ones making the most money. They're the ones whatever. They can make that an insurmountable lead if they find a way to pull this off. Mm -hmm. Whether it's right or wrong, you know, you could debate that till Mm -hmm. the cows come home. Or maybe it's not a debate. You can, you know, for for (laughs) some people it might not be a debate at all. But the truth is, if they're able to pull off a successful football season and rake in cash... They'll, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, they'll never catch up. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be a it'll be a, a lead that can never be caught. And to be truthfully honest, the truthfully honest, the <laughs> SEC already has that lead. Like no one's ever catching the SEC. So if it's just the SEC and you're the Pac-12, you just say like whatever. The, that might as well be the NFL to us. Yeah. But if it's the SEC, the ACC, and there's one more, right? Big Twelve. Big Twelve. If all three of those conferences go. You're gonna have uh, some regret. Yeah, you're gonna have some regret when yep. it comes to, and whether you know again, whether it's right or wrong, you're gonna feel like, oh no, we just made the gap between us and them even bigger. And if there's going to be eventually a, a scenario where it goes from the power five to the power three, and mm-hmm. everything gets smaller and so, well, you probably just you know signed off on your own death sentence. I see that, but on the other side, if those three do play. 
and they play through the fall and every Saturday they dominate like they definitely will. On the flip side of the coin, you still have the spring. And that is a sports vacuum. You know, that's where you're, I mean, I guess maybe at the end of it, you'll get the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs starting. Maybe there's some crossover there. But for the most part, I think that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten for sure could jump in and just dominate that time frame. Yeah, I, I, see, this is why I like you, because you always have a positive mindset. It's <laughs> true. And that actually is, you know, that could open up a lot of doors. In the sense of, well, maybe the Pac-12 just decides they don't want to compete with the SEC anymore. They say, we're just playing spring football from here. And obviously, they wouldn't do that. No. But, like, they can, the same way that we think right now that the NFL might use Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. Well, the Pac-12 could use Saturdays and Sundays in uh, the spring. Yeah. And, you know, you could get all the games in primetime or most of the games in primetime. And maybe that helps build the sport. And maybe when I say primetime, I don't mean, like, prime time in california i mean prime time <laughs> yeah. in new york where all of a sudden you start to get national attention people are caring more about the pac-12 and maybe the brand grows because of that that's definitely the optimist view of things i just worry about falling even further behind you know mm-hmm. look like i said the sec is always gonna be a different animal but you don't want to fall like way behind the big 12 yeah you really don't you really don't because that's where you still have the lead you know when you look at the conference revenue off the top of my head, obviously SEC at the top, Big Ten right behind them. But the difference between the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big 12, it really isn't that big. And I think the ACC's last with the Pac-12 right in front of them. I do agree. You don't want to let the Big 12 get in front of you. But as I'm searching for these positives, when we look at the scenario where you do only have the two conferences, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 playing in the spring, the more I think, the more I find. I mean, there, there are big recruiting battles. How many recruits have the Buffs signed over the course of, well, I guess we're into the summer now, but in the spring you see plenty of those recruiting battles get to the end. And you could pitch those recruits on, hey, look at what's on the field right now. Look at the ratings we're getting. People are paying attention. These kids are paying attention even if they aren't getting recruited because that's the football that's on TV. Then you add on top of that, I guess you'd have to get them pretty late, but you could say, hey, we just got through the season where we played eight games, 10 games in the spring. We have a fall season coming up. Some of these guys are going to be worn out. There's going to be room for some freshmen to play. If you guys want to sign with us late, we're going to have some opportunities for you to see the field early on this fall because everybody's going to be tired. They're going to be worn out. It's true. Okay, so give me what, what do you think the best plan is for playing in the spring? It's really hard. It's really hard. I think the one thing that I think they have to do, the one thing that I think it would just be like a huge mistake to not do is uh, expanding the playoff. And and who knows what everything's going to look at that's banking on the college football playoff saying, no, we can't play in the fall. And uh, right now they're the only fall championship that's still scheduled to be played in the fall. And that's because they aren't run by the NCAA. They're run by the conferences, the, pack, the, play, the college football playoff is. We'll see what happens there. We'll see if anybody else moves their schedule to the spring. But I do think that if the college football playoff is there, you have to expand it. You have to use this as an opportunity. The same way that we've seen the MLB use this season as a chance to try seven-inning doubleheaders, to try the DH in the National League, to try uh, 
the play-in games in the NBA. The, the play-in games in the NBA. The NBA switching the schedule probably to start in December. If they like it, they'll keep that afterward. You're seeing all of these leagues use this as an opportunity. And, I mean, there are very obvious setbacks everywhere. And nobody wants for this to happen. They aren't seeing the opportunities as outweighing the cost. But they are taking advantage of the opportunities when they have them. And I think college football has that opportunity to expand the playoff even if it's only for a couple of years, only if it's for one year and you try it and you say, we like it, we don't like it. And when it, the time comes to renegotiate all that stuff, then you you figure that out with, with more information in your hand. There's so many what ifs, but like what yep. the hell do they do if the SEC and ACC play? Are the, do they get their own college football playoff and then there's another <laughs> college football playoff in the spring? Do, do those teams just get to play in the spring college football playoff after taking months off. Oh, right. Like, or what if you do one college football playoff for those two or, or, or maybe you crown it. Maybe it's not even a college football playoff. It's just the ACC championship and the SEC championship. Mm -hmm. The winners play each other. Then they're like the fall representative. Then there's the spring college football playoff that goes normal. But then the winner of that one has to play the winner of the other one. Yep. Yeah, but, but, I, and this, they, but the fall team it just has been playing for months, and then they just get thrown into a championship game. More practically, since the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are going to be playing in the spring, what if you see some sort of partnership with them? What if you see them like they play a conference schedules, but also they play non-conference games? They play like three non-conference games against each other, and or you can even set it up so it's like Pac-12 versus Big Ten. And, you know, that stuff kind of gets cheesy when you look at college basketball, I think, yeah. because they have some of that built in where they have the tournaments where they're kind of counting the wins and that kind of stuff. That thing, I think that's pretty much gone now. Is it? Yeah. Uh, it's for the most part. I mean, I think there's some left, but yeah, I, I do wonder if there's a way to make some sort of Pac-12 Big Ten thing happen in the spring. All right. Here's, you know, if you're going to take away... First of all, these these schools are going to be way behind on their budget as they mm -hmm. lost fault. Mm -hmm. You want to make some more money, you put another freaking CU Nebraska game at Folsom Field. You know what yep. I mean? Like, yep. as much as I want to hold on to the fact that you know we beat them two years in a row and they don't get another chance at us for a few more years, Rick George is you know looking at his bottom line saying, "All right, if we can somehow get another, what if they did a two game series this season?" Yeah. What do they say? We'll play you. At the, we'll play you week one, and then we'll play you at the end of this. You know, like yeah, like that's how you make the money back. That you would do a be. home and home inside of one season. Both schools get a home game. Both, you know, hopefully it's safe enough that you can uh, fill the stadium and get your money back. Like I, as as corny or maybe cheesy it might be, I, I actually don't even think it would be. But that's how you know that's going to make schools excited. And and I know that the Big Ten. And Pac-12 were already talking about certain, you know, they've been mm -hmm. in communication yeah. throughout this entire thing. So, I mean, if you if all of a sudden you put Nebraska and Iowa on the schedule, that gets people excited all over again. And and that would really appeal to Colorado fans. If if you're talking oh, yeah. to like UCLA, do you want to go play Nebraska? They'd be like, yeah, you know, they they still have like the tradition. You want to beat them, but because I think Colorado has that relationship with those teams that means you can have usc go play ohio state and go play michigan you know you can you could yeah, structure you could this you michigan yeah you know, I mean, and that would there. be huge there's so much history or here's the more we talk about this the more i come to this conclusion if the 
three conferences that are still trying to play in the fall play in the fall, then you should have the Pac-12 and Big Ten play conference schedules, play six games, seven games, maybe eight games, and then go to some sort of tournament. Have mm. have four teams from each uh, conference get in. They play against each other in the first round, 1v4 on each side. You play all the way through until there's a winner. I think, I mean, at the very least, football playoffs are the greatest thing on earth. I, I love the Stanley Cup. I've had so much fun. But the one-off nature of football playoffs, especially when they are inclusive, and it isn't just, you know, the top four teams... I, I think it's a lot of fun, and I think that that's what they should do. I'm 100% with you. Uh, you know, it's going to be wonky, and, like, mm -hmm. it'll feel a little bit empty. Like, if you won the Big 12, Pac-12 tournament, or the Big 10, Pac-12 tournament, you, like, I don't know. It feels cool, but then, like, it doesn't – I don't know. You, you're, like, do you feel like you wasted your good season on this, yeah. like – But in the end – it's going to be about getting some money back. It's going to be about generating some excitement and that's going to excite people. Yep. And you know, it, maybe you did have a, maybe, you know, see you if they win their first game, they match up against Nebraska in the tournament, like that sort of stuff mm -hmm. you will get people so amped up. It will. And I think, you know, sports only mean what we let them mean. There is no like implicit, Steep. like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> There's no like, like the Super Bowl itself, like, it only matters because we all decided it matters. And that's true of like everything, especially in college football, especially in college football, when you have bowl, bowl games, games where it's like, yeah, we won the Fiesta Bowl. And it's like, yeah, cool, whatever. As somebody who, again, is like new to college football, I see that and it's like, no, you either win a national championship, you, you win a conference championship, or it's a waste of a season. And, you know, there's like the rebuilding and on the path to that stuff. And that's where the storylines come from. But... It's the, in the end, though, it's the same as, like, making the playoffs. It's just, yeah. for some reason, forever, college footballs have this dumb system where there wasn't actual <laughs> yeah. playoffs. Now there are. Just need to get them expanded eventually. Yeah. It's, it's like that thing where, like, in baseball, you make the playoffs and they spray champagne everywhere. Yeah. It's the same thing, except, like, it doesn't come with, like, the chance to go win everything after that. But when you look at, like, some weird Pac-12 versus Big Ten playoff in the spring if we decide that that matters, if the players say, like, yeah, I want to go prove that Colorado is the best team in these two conferences, and it means something to me to be better than USC, to be better than Washington and Oregon and Ohio State, and, of course, like Nebraska, Michigan, all of them, I think that you could get the competitiveness out of that, especially because that is a sports hole. And there are a lot of people who watch football who don't watch hockey or basketball or if given the option would watch football anyway, I think that you could really make something happen with that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, let's move on to talk about Breckenridge brewery. Uh, there is some big news at the DMVR bar today. Yes. If you blinked, you might've missed it. But at one point <laughs> we ran out of hot peak, which meant that there were no RK specials. You just had to get straight strawberry sky, which there's yep. nothing wrong with that at all. By which the, the RK special is the strawberry sky mixed with the hot peak. With IPA. the hot peak. Yes. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. Many but just, people are talking Just about in case this. some people are like still in their quarantine bubble and haven't heard. Fair enough. Uh, but today we got the hot peak back. So RK specials are back in business. Um, and, you know, this is like a flex in a way that I'm not really meaning it to be, but the uh the bartender down there 
Crystal. <laughs> yep. She's great. She is. She told me, like, she's like, it is hilarious how many people come in here and they're just so hyped to, to order an RK special. <laughs> like, she's like, I had no, first of all, they were calling it something else. Like, um, I, I, the guy who like found out about it through us, like didn't, I don't think he really understood mm -hmm. like what the RK special meant. So he started calling it like on the computer, he named it the straw hop. No. And so like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Don't, don't even get me started <laughs> but like they didn't she didn't know what the rk special was so like people are coming in they're like can i get an rk special because i tweeted out that you could get oh, RK yeah. special. and uh then and then she finally figured out she's like it's it's hilarious to me how many people come in here and want to order that and to be honest it's absolutely delicious it is i had my first one like a week ago and i i really like the strawberry sky strawberry sky to me forever will be the best beer that's ever existed I'm and i really it. like it but there is some like depth that is added when you add the hot peak ipa and i'm not somebody who talks about beer i'm just somebody who drinks beer and so i can't add much more than saying that there's more to it with the hot peak ipa but the way it all works together was unexpected to me and i thought people were just like ordering it and posting pictures on twitter about it because they wanted to be a part of the bit <laughs> but, but then i tried it and it was actually really good it's so funny because when i the first time i ever did this the first time i ever mixed it which is that's how i got the name rk special i invented this mix um i i took a video of it and i was like i'm gonna tweet out this video and i sent it to our friend who works at breckenridge brewery and i was like is this cool <laughs> and she was like ew that looks disgusting but yeah i guess go ahead and post it and uh now it's a it's a phenomenon and she eventually had it and said it was delicious so rk specials for the win yep rk specials for the win we're gonna be drinking a lot of those tonight and you can too if you come to the dmbr bar or you can make them yourself at home if you go to any number of places to pick up the strawberry sky hot peak ipa or whatever other drinks you want to try from breckenridge brewery you can do that by going to the breckenridge brewery website and using the beer locator Liquor stores have them, gas stations, King Supers, Costco, pretty much everywhere you can find uh, Breckenridge beers. But if you have one in particular you want to try, get on that Breckenridge Brewery beer locator. Also, I had my first drink of Strava, or Strava Craft coffee today. I almost said Strawberry, Strawberry Sky. Sky. Uh, yeah. Yep. Stra Ooh. No. The Hank special. <laughs> the Hank special, the Strawberry Sky with the Strava Craft coffee. Oh, that, that seems like it would be the Hank special. It's completely disjointed. <laughs> it makes no sense. Uh, maybe it's just like instead of mixing them, it's just one in each hand. Not, not like the uh, Edward 40 hands whatever thing where you have to like tape them on and you, you like just drink order, them. You order both mm -hmm. knowing that you just go back over and the forth. course of the day, I'm going to drink both of these. Yeah. Yeah. It's better. Okay. It's something we can work on. It's something we can work on. But what I can say right now is that after having my first experience with Strava Craft Coffee, it is very good. It is very good. And you just, you mean the Strava Craft Coffee that we have on tap here? Oh, at the yes. Bar. I should say it is on tap. Like the cold brew Strava Craft CBD infused. CBD infused. It's all the things that we've all heard me say plenty of times before. But I mean, the most important thing that it is is very good coffee that get you going in the way that coffee does but without the jitters and you know i'm somebody who's pretty quick to get jittery when i drink coffee it's it just one of the things i've come to understand about myself 
But uh, with this cold brew from StravaCraft, I don't get those jitters, but I do feel like very alert. <laughs> like I, I almost feel like I'm like staring right through you and like watching the TV behind you, RK. Like I don't know if that's a good thing, but I know. We'll I think I, like I think is. I might actually give you X-ray vision. I'm not sure if we can confirm that, but that's another perk of StravaCraft <laughs> Coffee. So if you guys want to check it out, you can go to uh, the StravaCraft website and get 20% off your first order from StravaCraft Coffee. Um, if you haven't tried it, you should. The code is DNVR20. The best part, and the best deal, I guess, is that if you subscribe, you can save 20% off every order, and you should definitely do that. Again, CBD-infused coffee. It, it's non-psychoactive. It just uh, fixes all your problems, especially being kind of sleepy. It definitely fixes all your problems when you live a life like Hank. It, yeah. <laughs> Very few problems to fix. <laughs> That's true. Mostly like, yeah, I guess that is basically it. Just being like kind of sleepy and Hank's not problems alert. are like, who's going to be at the door when my grocery delivery gets here? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> get the text. It's like, hey, can we move this up from like eight o'clock tonight until like early? And it's like, yeah, I did just order groceries. They're going to be here between four and six. So, yeah, I'll get over here at 1. That should not be a problem. And then all of a sudden, we haven't even started, and it's 4 o'clock. And it's like, well, there we go. But that's how the day goes. And it ended with this, so we can't complain. Uh, let's get back to buffs, though. Oh, okay. Back to buffs. If that's if, if we must. If we, I think we must. Okay. I was going to talk about how I, I bribed you into hanging out here all I night. I bribed with... you. Oh. I bribed you. Well, I, okay. It, that is true. Yes. You bribed me into coming on the podcast with yep. an offer of hanging out with me at the bar. Yep. Watching the playoffs tonight, which <laughs> yep, hell of a deal for me, I must say. I know. It, and hell of a deal for me, too, because <laughs> my only like I was thinking like, OK, I still have to get something written. I still have to get the podcast. Sorry, Ryan. This is one of these days where I have to get some stuff done instead of just sitting at the bar all day. Uh, we were able to make that work because I was able to just say, yeah, come on the podcast. We'll make it happen. Also, my roommate's going to be here at some point and we're going along. So that's why I'm staring at the door, by the way. I thought you were kept staring at the door because like hot girls were walking in. It keeps happening, though. <laughs> it keeps happening. I never in my wildest dreams imagined that there would be girls at my bar. Yeah. You know, actually, certain people have tried to roast us by saying like, oh, I bet there's a lot of chicks at the DNVR bar. And I'm like... <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah, there are. I know, and today was a day where it's like... Well, um, I shouldn't say I don't know why, because it's not we like... We have heard why. But I'm saying like it's not like girls don't also love sports. Oh, yeah. Which is a, a, the first bad part of, of that take of someone being like, I bet there's An a lot of take. girls there. But also, like, I feel like, I don't know, there have been a lot of women here who I don't think are necessarily here just to watch sports. It's true. It's true. And there was a rumor going there around. There was. There was. <laughs> that there were some girls in, in the uh, in the women's bathroom. This was, of course, relayed to us by a woman. Yep. Who, who said... Just, uh, just to clarify. <laughs> we, were, we didn't we bug it or anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who said... Uh, who, who were like, we came, to the, we came to the sports bar because we heard there were lots of dudes here. So, you know, mm -hmm. you know what I always say. If you build it, they will come. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And I have been like sitting here every, every time I look to the door, there's like a table of girls down there. And I was like, take a little glance. It's like, please make eye contact with me while I'm hosting a podcast because I feel like I, that's like, that, a bit, you know, that, that, I, I think so. This is, I feel like this is me at my best. I think so too. I think so. This is the part of your life that you have the most together. Like you uh -huh. actually get a podcast done every day. I yes, I do. That is something that I'm very good it's at. The one thing that you can count. <laughs> actually, there's a few that you can count on that. Oh, no. Hank is gonna have coffee at some point. Yep. 
do a podcast at some point. Yep. And then like go to bed. That's like eventually fall <laughs> yeah, asleep. Exactly. Like th- those are the three constants for you. I love like hearing what the outside perspective is because I could go so much more in detail. Like for me, it's like you can count on me waking up and thinking, okay, six thirty or seven or seven thirty. Let's get this podcast done. Okay, let's go get some coffee. But then you can count on me drinking the coffee and realizing I have like the jitters. And I'm totally dysfunctional for like the next hour. <laughs> and and then I sit down like, okay, this is good, but I need to like keep it going. But yeah, that, that is basically it. Um, buffs? Buffs. Buffs. Let's talk some quarterbacks. Oh, okay. Yep. Let's talk some quarterbacks. Um, so I only pray to one quarterback. Who is that? Brennan Lewis. Okay. Why is that? <sighs> I'd rather take the chance on you know like i get let me think of how think about like (laughs) cepho in his senior year okay like that was a guy who wasn't crazy talented true uh didn't have the greatest tools to work with but by his fourth year he was so advanced at just what the game of college football was like that you got a really 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 good quarterback and so I think that instead of trying to get something that's a little bit better because of a little bit more experience now, mm-hmm. especially when, if we're being honest with ourselves, the Buffs roster isn't exactly primed to make a run right now. The best thing you can say about it is that it's young. It's young, which means that eventually it has a chance to be really good. Yep. And so for me, it's like buy-in on the young on the youth right now to to reap the benefits later. Especially when you're hearing KD talk about the importance of chemistry. When, when you hear him say like, yeah, so here's what's been changing over the course of the last three months that I've been working with Brendan Lewis. You know, he's, he's starting to realize where I'm going to be on the deep routes. He's starting to realize, okay, I can, if, if it's going to take four seconds for KD to be in the spot where I want him to be to drop this ball on him, well, guess what? I can release this ball in one second because I can loft it up there and I can drop it on this spot and know that KD is going to make this move, then that move, and he's going to wind up on the outside and he's going to be right there in that spot. Same thing, not only on the deep routes, but the post routes, which I guess is also a deep route, but like the, the digs, the outs, the slants, like getting all that stuff down is so important. And when you just put him on the field and let him experiment with it, especially now that he gets these extra four months, he can build those relationships with those receivers and not just build the relationships, but learn how to build the relationships. So when the next batch comes through, here are the things you want to look for. Here are the things you work on. Here's how you get them up to speed and get them used to you. Like, and that's just one little piece of why experience matters. I'm right there with you, especially at this point where before I was saying, you know what, if, if it's close, you let Brendan go. You'll, you let him drive the, car i was gonna say like give him the keys to the convertible it's like it's not a convertible it's a beat up old (laughs) subaru like whatever it is and uh someday you're going to be able to hand him like a cadillac and when you do he's gonna have some experience driving a car but and isn't that what you want though you want to hand you want to hand down a a, you know a beat up old Mm -hmm. something or other let him back it into a couple poles he might but then you say, hey, once you get it down, we'll upgrade you. And then we'll let mm-hmm. you get it. And, you know, by the, by the time it's his fourth year, he's been driving forever. Now you trust him with the caddy. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So let me just set this up this way first. How much of you actually believes there's going to be a spring season? 
<sighs> See, and this is one of those really hard questions where everybody wants to have an answer, but the the truth is we don't have yeah, one no because clue. where were we four months ago? If if you had asked me in April, is there going to be a college football season? I would've been like, yeah. And of like course, I, re I remember conversations August. at the, at the bar, like that first weekend back when sports are getting shut down. We we had like one or two days more with the bar before it shut down. And I remember hearing, like, I think talking with Brandon, for example, him saying, like, oh, yeah, we just got to get through this month and we'll be good. Or, like, then it turns out, like, we got to get through this two months. Like, this isn't going to impact football. And so now we're here. And so I just want to start with that caveat that what's going to happen no four months from now, before. who has any idea? We don't know what's going to happen four days from now. Is the virus is something that does better in the warm weather, the cold weather? Who knows? And so there's all that kind of stuff. But as of right now, I do think that there will be a season because I do think, like, I mean, first of all, how long does it take before all of us just get the coronavirus? And at that point, well, like, I mean, that's the darkest way to look at it. But it's kind of the path that we're on. And four know. months from now, it's like, sure. I mean, that's where we're going to be. Worst case scenario. I, I, I don't think I'm getting it. But OK, I'll touch wood for that. OK, uh, let me just tell you that. Let me just frame my take this way. Even if there's not a spring season, I think there's a real way to spin this in a positive light for CU specifically. Huh. Uh, like, obviously, for your sake, all this time I've been wanting college football to happen because mm -hmm. I, I hate the offseason for me. Mm -hmm. And your offseason is, is, like, indefinite right now, which sucks. So I'm sorry. Yeah, the, just the lack of a timeline is the frustrating part. But if, if you look back on however long ago it was that CU hired Carl Durrell. Mm-hmm. The worst part about it by far was, oh my God, you're giving this guy this much time to prepare for a new season with a new team. Mm -hmm. It's so unfair. And that is gone now. Yep. And that to me is by far the ultimate silver lining of this entire scenario from a strictly CU football perspective. If I'm being honest, like I probably would have been very not very satisfied but i would have been as long as we beat csu yeah i'm like all right anything from here like i understand and i can live with because carl durrell got thrown into such a bad situation well now that's gone and it makes me feel a lot better for carl himself like even if you start the season in january or whenever they might start this thing now he actually had like the normal amount of time that a new coach should have with their yeah. team yep uh and maybe even a little bit more exactly so that it, to me feels good and to be honest henry if there's no spring season to me that's even more of an advantage for him it, it, it kind of levels the playing field it allows him to go through a, like a whole year of time to start getting things moving in the way he wants brendan lewis like think of all the practices that they'll be able to go through and all the weight training and all that stuff yep. like Every young player you brought in this year that were like, man, we hope we can get that guy ready. All of a sudden, he's really a sophomore when you need to start him a as a freshman. Yeah. And, and for Carl Durrell, you know, I always talk about this with Tad Boyle. I think Tad Boyle, one of the big reasons for his success, obviously he's a great coach. One of the big reasons for his success is he walked into a good situation. Mm -hmm. Jeff Bezdelic was not fired before him. Jeff Bezdelic mm -hmm. left. And he left – a pretty darn good roster for him. Mm -hmm. He had Alec Burks, you know, an NBA player. And yep. uh, Andre Robertson was already in the recruiting fold. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that had already been uh, – there was contact there. So he walked into a pretty darn good situation, and then he took that and ran with it. 
the 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 worst thing that I think can happen to a coach is they come in and their first year is terrible, and the only thing they have to sell to recruits is playing time, and like it can't get any like we're trying we're going we're trying to build up. The best thing that can happen to a coach, and it all, and it, what's crazy is this didn't even happen for Mel Tucker. The best thing that happens for a coach is you come in your first year, you go to a bowl game, after you take a team that wasn't very good, you go to a bowl game, and you say, "Look at what we're building. Look at what I look what I did that they couldn't do." If somehow Carl Durrell is able to scratch and claw his way to a nice first season because these things broke in a bad way at the time, but he was able to turn those into a positive, like. That is, in my opinion, how Carl Durrell gets on the right track to having a really successful career at CU. And that's just the first year. I mean, then you start thinking, okay, Brendan Rice, if if he goes the way that we expect him to go, you know, he, he plays the 2020 season, 21, 22, 23, and then he's out. You just pushed everything back a year and gave him one more year of weight training, one more year of preparation before that first year. Now he's in a better spot. And that same thing is true for... Everybody who's coming into this program, like Jason Harris, like Ashad Clayton, like all those guys, but also the people who are already in the program. A guy like Marvin Ham, who's the athletic linebacker, the guy who you look at and say, hey, this is the guy who you want to pair next to a guy like Nate Landman. The question is, is he ready for the fall of 2020? I don't think so. Is he ready for the spring of 2021? I do think so. Is he ready for the fall of 2021 then definitely I think that now you have one more year with that highly productive player and as we've said the buffs have a young roster they have a lot of guys who would benefit from this whereas you know a team like USC has a lot of guys who would be NFL draft picks next spring and they're gonna have decisions to make and and I think for a program like Colorado one that isn't at the top of their conference they are going to benefit even more from this than the rest of the Pac-12 would. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for the team for it to happen or good for the program or good for the athletics department or the school or any of that. But it is a silver lining, as I do think that Colorado does gain some ground, not just in year one, but for the next three, four years, because they do have more of that stuff built up. Sure, the regular season is fun and all, but only one thing can compare to the excitement of basketball's playoffs, and that is having skin in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Basketball has made its way through the regular season, and now it's time to crown a champion, and DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you in the center of stop, the action. Stop, stop, stop. Listen, you don't need to read all that stuff off because you know how fun it is to have skin in the game because we're uh, sitting. It wasn't fun today. <laughs> I'll say that. It was not fun today. But it's been fun like nine out of the last ten days for you. It's like eight out of the ten, but sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we sit here. We uh, I've told this story on two different podcasts today. You might as well tell it on all three. Why not? <clears throat> we sat here on Saturday evening. It was like four o'clock. There was a gap in between the sports. You, me, and Eric are sitting up here. <laughs> and we're just like, well, there's this UFC undercard on. None of us know a damn thing about any of the fighters. And we're like, let's just throw a small bet down on whoever looks like they're going to win the fight. Yep. And we had an absolute blast for like two and a half hours betting on <laughs> fights that we had literally no knowledge of. We went three and three. We did. So, you know, I think we ended up losing a little bit, but we did like putting $5 on a fight that you literally know nothing about turns it from the completely boring to absolutely exhilarating. So exhilarating. And it's because 
I don't know. I'm partial to hockey playoffs because when you're watching the hockey playoffs, you turn it on and you cannot look away except for commercials. That's the way hockey works. You know, with other sports, you can like miss bits and pieces and come back and it's just fine. Betting on fighting. Same way. When you're doing that same thing, it's the exact same way. But not only just with the fights because you're watching him walk out. Like we're all sitting here like, okay, this could be it. This could be it. Yep, there he is. There he is. That's the guy who's fighting. And then you look at him and you're like, oh, wow, this seems, This guy seems like he can fight. And the second guy comes out and you're like, oh, no, this guy looks like he can fight too. You don't <laughs> know the odds. You don't know anything. You see like, okay, this guy looks bigger. This guy looks stronger. I think he's got it tonight. And then you look up the odds and you're like, oh, no, he's plus two, plus 210, plus 220. He's like, go. okay, let's put some money on it. And then you win. It, it, it's just so much fun all the way through. Uh, I... I can't get enough. I, I really can't get enough. Yeah, we've been having a lot of fun. We have. <laughs> What's the plan for tonight? The plan for the night for tonight is to take the over on Damian Lillard points. <laughs> it's really easy to root for Dam- Damian Lillard to score. Yeah, it is. Uh, and then, you know, maybe w- when you bet on that at DraftKings Sportsbook, you if you put a $20 bet down on anything in the NBA playoffs right now, you get a $10 free bet to use live. Yep. So then we might... I'm thinking I might uh, throw a little Trailblazers money line sprinkle with oh, my free bet. Okay. Wow. Nothing sounds better than rooting for a scorer to score and the Lakers to lose. Yes. And, like, Ugh. we'll just forget about the fact that the Trailblazers were annoying as hell when the Nuggets played them <laughs> yeah. last season. Uh, but it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to cheer against the Lakers regardless of yep. who they're playing. Yep. I think, I think as much as I... I don't know. I just love that there are still sports that I can be irrational about. Like, I fully grasp. I'm irrational about the Broncos. I expect a Super Bowl. I expect 16-0. That's just what's going to happen. But also, I can just, like, irrationally hate the Lakers for all the obvious reasons that everybody should hate the Lakers. Honestly, that's kind of a rational hatred, if I'm being totally honest. But uh, with those Blazers, after what they've gone through, I'm just like, like, Dame is an enemy in my mind. And it's a weird thing for me because he went to Weber State which is Big Sky Conference, mm. and so the rival, sort of. But, do, like, do you cheer for the small school guy who came out of your conference who was, like, playing the Grizz every year to be successful, or do you cheer against him? For me, it's like, no, F that guy. Get him out of here. But, yeah, I mean, seeing him score, it's just it's just going to be so much fun. Good thing Allie's out of town tonight. Allie is actually back, so she's hanging out with us, all right? Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that, that works. Um, <laughs> uh, so... There you go. That's how you do a DraftKings read. Wow. What a good one. If, if that doesn't make people want to bet, <laughs> I don't know what will. Also, shout out to Silverbuff, who had a pretty big win over the uh, weekend. Oh. He was throwing it in the DMVR lounge in the bets section. The, That's the stu- bets, it's popping. Yes, the bets it's section popping. of the DMVR lounge goes off. It does. And typically, we are all sharing good advice with each other. I think that's what makes it so much fun. Is like Somebody's like, hey, I think... Like, what was the last message in there? I think it might have been like Ryan Hess saying like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to parlay the over with the Lakers to win. What do you guys think of that? And my phone's been buzzing, and I'm pretty sure it's all just people like sharing their opinions. And we all kind of like work together to make each other money. Exactly. It's, so much it's fun. It's a beautiful thing. So much fun. You can download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up because for a limited time, all users can get a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20 or more on all first-round playoff action. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out by offering a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20-plus on all first-round playoff action. Again, 
That's promo code DNVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, what else we got? What else do we got? I, I had something really great. Play. Oh, I remember what the question was. Which position group are you most disappointed you don't get to see this fall? Hmm, wide receivers. Interesting. Okay. Who who are you excited to see? Man, I was walking around Boulder, and I always knew this kid was big. And I was there, too. You were there, too. But <laughs> I saw Daniel Arias, and I was like, oh, my God, that's an NFL player. Like, yep. you know, I'm surrounded by NFL players all the time. They look different they do. when you see them in person. And I saw Daniel Arias, and I was like, oh, my, like, I think I actually asked you, who is that? You did. And you're like, that's Arius. I'm like, oh, my God, that guy's a freak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really excited to see what would happen with him, you know, uh, finally, you know, being able to crack the lineup. Especially because of the way that group has gone in the past for the buffs, where it's like LaVisca Chenault getting all the preseason hype after doing literally nothing in his first year. And then everybody's saying, like, oh, well, how can he be that good if he didn't do anything? And it's like, oh, the coaches were inept. Most of the CSU people were saying that. Yeah, (laughs) and a couple in particular. But uh, now it's the same thing happening. Well, it was the same thing happening with Daniel Arias, where everybody's saying great things about him. You know, you you read the season previews, and and guys like Phil Steele are in touch with Carl Durrell. And, like, they're they're working together to, like, like, those are reporters who put those previews together. And some are better than others, and that's the way it's going to be. But... When they are saying that the guy to watch is Daniel Arias, that means that that's a guy to watch. Mm -hmm. And you start to see the hype from that direction as well, on top of just knowing he has all the tools, on top of knowing what people have said about him in the past, that he's just waiting for everything to come together. And I I don't know, waiting is always like a term that I don't want to use because it's like, no, he's working to get better. He isn't just like waiting for it to come to him. But it was, yeah, I know. I've... That's that's sort of like word choice, especially when I know like a lot of people listen to the podcast who are like close to the program. I don't want to like slight anybody in a way that they don't, you know. Yeah, right. There's like that lazy connotation that comes with waiting, which is not at all the case because he's there after practice every day, getting like balls shot out of like the cannon at him. The the open practice last fall camp, uh, he was uh, standing there down on the field, and I think I, you were there. Did I go with that with no. you to that? No, you weren't there. I think I. I think maybe I was there with Allie for some reason. Yeah, I think she Oh, did that's right, because we were doing a whole bunch of other stuff up there because that was media and, yeah. day. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we were up there. After the practice, everybody goes down on the field, and like the players meet the fans and all that kind of stuff, sign autographs. Meanwhile, Daniel Arias is standing in the back of the end zone just getting balls blasted to him <laughs> from five yards away. Nate Landman has to walk up to him and say, dude, what are you doing? There are people walking around right behind you, like, one of these is going to miss, and you're just going to decapitate some kid behind you. You cannot be doing this. And, like, obviously, like, shuts it down. But that's because after practice every day, it's Daniel is working with that machine. You've seen him put the work in. It's just time for it to come together. I I care a lot about those little things. Me too. Um, You know, it might be less important at the college level, but, like, watching guys at the NFL level, the guys who end up, uh, being busts, being draft busts, are always the guys who are like that, who don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember watching Cortland Sutton after every single practice of his rookie year. Cortland Sutton was out there for 
an hour after practice on the jugs. You know, uh, e even just the other day, though, like Von Miller was working with Malik Reed and Derek Tuska for like 45 minutes after practice. And it's like there's a big difference between uh, playing football and loving football. Yep. And the guys who love football are the ones who keep going. Uh, and the guys who play football because they're good at it eventually flame out, whether it's going to be in college or whether it's going to be once they get to the next level. Yep. And, you know, speaking of receivers, that is why I keep pounding the table about Katie Nixon. He is not a perfect football player. He is far from it. He has things he needs to improve. He's not big enough. He's not fast enough. He's not any of those things. But because he puts so much time in and because you can tell so easily how much he cares about it, you're just like, yeah, good things happen to people who put that much effort into what they do. And that's what he does. That's what Daniel Arias does. And, you know, it's funny you actually bring up Derek Tuska because the, the first day of camp, uh, whoever it was who was the first reporter to tweet like, oh, first player on the field today, Derek Tuska, with like the picture of him. It's like my first thought is, oh, what does that mean? That means he cares. That means he's going to be good. And so the first thing I did was like get on YouTube, go back through his Derek, like the Derek Tuska highlights at NDSU. It's like FCS guy. Come on, please have another FCS guy. And it's like, oh, he kind of reminds me of Shaq Barrett. Does he... Is, is there a chance that that's the path? Is who's is he wearing 48? He is wearing 48. Yeah, so he has that going for him too. But that is what really matters when it comes down to it with sports. Like you can have the stars, you can have all that kind of stuff, but if you aren't out there grinding, it does not matter at all. It really doesn't. And, and I feel like anyone who's ever played sports and been, been around sports knows the guy who had all the talent, who didn't put in the work. Oh, and yeah. Went nowhere. Oh, yeah. And also the opposite. You know, for years at Broncos practice, it was River Craycraft who was the first. Mm -hmm. And, like, he naturally didn't have enough nope. to cut it at the NFL level. But, man, he made it a long way in football by being that guy who is who yep. is doing everything he can to maximize every ounce of talent he has in his body. Yeah, because for a couple years with the Broncos, he, he was cashing practice squad checks for most of the year and then cashed a couple of game checks at the end of the year. Yep. And and now he just signed, I, I saw a couple days ago, I can't remember where he signed, but he's on another like training camp roster. He's going to have a chance to prove he can stick around and do the same thing. Why? Because someone called someone said, hey, what do you think of River Craycraft? Oh, dude, that guy works so hard. Yep. If you're putting a camp body out there, you want someone who's going to push everyone around them. You can't be spending time on guys like that. Like, like if he is not putting the effort in, then it's like, you can find. What are you doing here? You can yeah. find somebody who has talent there. Yeah. Like, like there's any number of guys. I mean, you just looking around the Pac-12 at like the number of receivers. You, give me any USC receiver with, with a work ethic. I would take him on a training camp roster because yeah. that's they have the combination of talent. And if they if their coaches say they have that piece, then sure. Bring him in and replace River Craycraft with him. So I love uh, that Not makes River, me yeah. really hype on uh, on Daniel Arias. Yep. Um, I was already hype on him. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for Katie Nixon. Um, I hope that he. Uh, I hope that he accepts his role in the offense. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying, like I think he can be really successful if he accepts his role on the offense. If he thinks like now it's my turn to be Lavisca. Mm-hmm. Uh, there could be problems. Yep. Um, but I just, you know, I, I hope that he's coming into this saying like, if I'm going to make it in the NFL, it's going to be as a slot receiver. I'm going to be the yep. best possible slot receiver I can be for the Buffs. Yep. I totally agree. Um, outside receivers, one more player that you want to see, not Brandon Lewis. We talked about him. One more player that you wanted to see this season. Mm, Rashad Clayton. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's, that's a pretty easy answer. But yeah, I mean, how could you not want to see a Sean Clayton after what he was able to do at the highest level of Louisiana football? The Buffs clench him from the grips of the SEC, bring him to Boulder, and he has all the makings of a star. What was his uh, speed that he hit? Oh, it was. I think it was twenty-one something. Might have been. I don't think it was twenty-two. All I know is that it was the fa- It was the fastest, right? That they hit. Yeah, like, I think so. Yeah. I love fast running backs so much. It just gives you so much upside. Yep. It just. I mean, the the potential to turn any run into a house call is huge, especially in college football. I think it's really underrated. The difference between a sixty-yard run that. Uh, a 60-yard run that gets tackled at the 10 and a 70-yard run that goes into the end zone. Mm-hmm. Because if you go down at the 10, there's still so much work to do. There and is. There are a lot of times you're going to end up with three. Yeah. And at the time, it didn't feel like it mattered. No. It was like, oh, huge run. This ah, is amazing. They're right there. They're going to get it. And then you turn it into three. And it's like one more step of speed would have gotten into the end zone. So when I find out, you know, like, like I don't do, – does – Alex Fontenot have the 70-yard speed, or does he have the 60-yard speed? I don't necessarily know. Yeah, but that's a very valid question with him. Right. Like, I can't I can't remember him breaking many long. He's quick. Yeah. In, in the first 10 yards, first five yards, there are not a whole lot of running backs in the Pac-12 better. But the difference between him and a C.J. Verdell is that next gear, that ability to take everything just a step further. Yep. Even Phil didn't mm-hmm. have the 70 yard speed in college mm-hmm. which is one of my the most impressive things about him to me is he got faster when he hit the nfl yeah he worked really hard with lauren lando to get faster because he knew if he's going to make it in the nfl he's going to have to be a speed guy and he was fast and then he got faster he ran in the four threes uh at his pro day and i think he got even lower than that and now he's a speed you know an elusive back in the nfl so you you just it's so big to have that guy who can take it the extra 10. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Unless you have any more thoughts you want to share, I think that this is about it for this show. No, man. I just I hope we get out there. It, I, it really hasn't hit me yet. Um, I assume right around the time that the leaves start to change is when I'll start to realize that I'm not at Folsom Field. How many home games have you been to in a row now? around it should be right around 120 i haven't done the uh, the exact addition in a while but uh, i was worried that this was going to be the year that like i don't have a choice and it ends and i was going to be really bummed about that i hope that doesn't happen i think probably now that it's moving to the spring or next fall it's not going to happen so i'll be able to continue my streak selfishly that's uh, exciting but man (laughs) i just i'm scared for the moment when it hits me that i'm not going to be at Folsom for a really long time like and it's a fall Saturday, and I'm just looking at my hands like, what do I, what do I do with these things? I it's know. A fall Saturday. Trust me, I know that feeling well. At this point, I think you and I get a re- recurring tea time at Ooh. either Common Ground or Spring Valley, Ooh. and we just say like, every Saturday morning, 8 a.m., we know where we'll be, and it'll <laughs> take our mind off of the fact that we're not at a college football game. Yep, yep. I, I think that that's a really good idea. I do think that's a really good idea because there is going to be some time to fill. I mean, I've been like bouncing ideas around. It's like, do I start skiing again? I used to ski a whole lot, then kind of like faded out in high school because there are other things going on on the weekends. Yeah, <sighs> I used to ski before I made a startup company. Yeah, yeah, that would get you. <laughs> 
but yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm all in on fall golf. Apparently, it's really good. I honestly have no clue. Like, huh. I I don't think I've golfed in the fall since high school. Really? Yeah. Because like huh. my fall weekends are completely consumed now, and my weekdays yeah. are obviously I'm working. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I like I don't even know what it's like to like go to Fossil Trace or one of these places when the leaves are changing. Interesting. So we're gonna turn this into a positive, Hank. We we're are going to turn this into golf. a positive. That's what this podcast is all about. Okay, that's gonna do it for today. Thank you, Ryan, for coming on. Of course, we'll do this again. And I appreciate everybody listening. If you have any questions, comments, anything like that, as always, you can throw those in the comment section of the post for today's show at vdnvr.com, and we will get to all of those when I see you again tomorrow. Uh, That's going to do it for today. See you then. Peace. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get
swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.